Folks, you are back with the Camarda Wealth Leaders here on Camarda Wealth Education Radio, emanating, uh, um, imminently emanating from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, the Tampa Bay region on uh, station soon to be WOKV, Sundays at 5 p.m. at Jacksonville and uh, um, at Tampa on WWBA on Saturday afternoon. So uh, now we're going to have to talk a little bit about things that uh, you might want to um, know about your financial advisor and characteristics that, uh, um, that might be important that you may not have considered or thought about. And I guess the premise is, you know, there's a lot of folks in a financial advisory business uh, from independent registered investment advisors uh, like Camarda uh, to uh, insurance agents and stockbrokers, representatives of banks and credit unions. And uh, um, we all, I don't want to say look the same, but it's very difficult for, um, for consumers, even sophisticated people, to tell the difference uh, between credentials and a duty and, and basically how good they are and, and do they put you first. So uh, we're going to talk about some of the things. You might want to write some of these things down uh, and, uh, um, and use them as a checklist um, in evaluating your current advisor or maybe shopping for a new one if that's uh, what you're minded to do. But the first is... Are they fiduciaries? You know, that's a word that's really getting a lot of traction in the news. It's a big push out of Washington for the Department of Labor to require all retirement advisors now to be fiduciaries. But a fiduciary really just means what? Sonia, what what does fiduciary mean to you, honey? It means that we put your needs first as the client. We um, look at the world that's out there in front of us and pick the products um, that are available that most meet your need, not based on our need to get paid, but on your need to meet your goals. So in other words, we've got to put the client's interest first, right? Right. Robert, Jonathan, you have a follow-up on that? I know you do. I always have a follow-up. Huh? Well, my, yeah, no, absolutely. So, the, the, you know, the difference would be, for example, you know, if you go into a car dealership and you know you want a Mercedes-Benz, but you really don't know what it looks like. Someone who is not a fiduciary could sell you a Honda. Nothing wrong with a Honda, but perhaps you were looking for a Mercedes. But in the investment world, you don't know the difference. Robert, see, a fiduciary, we must put you in a bed. I, I see that uh, that analogy <laughs> wrinkle, wrinkles your moose-like brow. Will you have another take on that there, Moosey? No, no, I just, uh, I, 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 I was wondering where we were going with that one. but uh, Going for uh, a ride, Rob. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, but I, I clearly there are a lot of people who be, mistakenly believe that their advisors have their best interests at heart and are very upset when they find out that things were not explained to them, that there was a hidden agenda or that, in fact, there could have been other solutions available for the client that the advisor didn't make them aware of. Yeah, so a fiduciary has got to find out. It doesn't mean they're, they're, you know, they're not going to make a mistake. Um, but they must put the client's interest first, whereas most stockbrokers, which now call themselves financial advisors, but stockbrokers, insurance agents, bankrupts, and so forth, um, that must adhere to a suitability standard, which just means it's got to be, you know, ah, not so far out that it clearly damages you, but it doesn't have to be the best thing for you either. It just has to be, you know, reasonably approximate. Good. And I'll give you a good example. We had a, a new... Um, uh, a client over the past week that came to us, they had got some planning, investment planning done by a credit union, and they were astonished that uh, um, they were told there was no commissions, um, and I think they invested $200,000, uh, and they got their first statement, and they said, well, gee whiz, there's $5,000 missing. What happened to that? You told me there's no commissions. 
and they got some song and dance about, well, it's a setup charge and this and that, and looking at the confirmation, the commission is listed as zero, but there's a 2.5% sales charge. Now, the difference between a sales charge and a commission, you know, really is, is none. It's the cost of, you know, they bought the product, and a part of the purchase price went to uh, the, uh, the product vendor, uh, to compensate them for moving that product, just like a commission on tires or, or American cheese in a supermarket. So uh, fiduciaries have to put your interests first. And that brings up another, I think, real important point. What about transparency of costs and fees? You know, a lot of times people, there's another uh, local doctor uh, with, with some municipal uh, bonds, I don't know if we'll get to that in today's show or not, um, talk about bonds, but the uh, um, he thought he was a big broker dealer, great name, white shoe firm. You know, obviously you, you would all recognize it if I used the name, which I won't. Um, but he had probably $800,000 in immunity bonds. And bonds have a lot of hair on these days, but he had no idea how he paid for them. He thought it was just a $6 transaction charge. Now, this firm probably made $30,000, $40,000 selling him those bonds. And how did that happen? Any of you guys know how bonds are priced? Or compensated? Well, there's a, generally a markup when you buy and sell. Yeah, but, but there, there's a markup. So if he paid, you know, uh, uh, let's say he paid $10,000 for a bond, the broker probably got it from his trading department for maybe um, $8,500 or $9,000 or less. The, 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 you know, the, just to make some numbers up for an example. But there was a markup, just like a can of peas is, you know, $0.80. Cents, is the wholesale price, and the supermarket sells it for $0.99. Cents. That's a markup. Bonds are, are basically traded the same way. And unlike stocks, you can't look in the paper and see what they're worth, you know, on a given day. They're just, you know, you call up and they tell you the price, and you assume that's the, the market price, but it's not. Right. Prices vary widely. You have a yeah, comment like going, to the, going back to the car dealership, it's like, <laughs> ma- imagine you had no Edmonds or no way of knowing the value of a car, and they bait, you're at the mercy of the dealership. And maybe 20 years ago, even with Kelly Bluebook, maybe that was helpful. You probably didn't have as much information. I think all of you would agree, and we all disdain buying cars. Uh, that imagine if you didn't have that information available to you, that's what it's a dark pool. Absolutely, you're diving into a pool and you don't really see the bottom. So, so really, really very. In fact, if you if you just Google, you know, um, the municipal bond markups, it's amazing the hits that you get and, and the, the fines and the fraud and all kinds of you know scary stuff there. Anything not to pay the taxes. But most people, the most investors think these are very stable, conservative investments recommended by my advisor, and I'm using that you know in quotes, uh, that are fairly priced and the value when I see on a statement is exactly what it's worth. So, well, the reality is far different. So how would you instruct our uh, audience how a fiduciary would approach it? Well, you know, for the, the one way to avoid those concerns, whether you use a fiduciary or not, and, um, is by using a municipal, uh, a municipal bond fund or ETFs. Now, they've got their own issues that need to be investigated, but at least those professional and institutional investors know how to get the bright, best prices, and they do that for the benefit of their investors. Um, but, you know, here's, here's a, um, the, um, a way a fiduciary would you take, okay, we have these bonds, say they want to sell the bonds, and you call all the deals. What will you give me? Would you give me $1,000? You'll give me 1020 And you get the highest price for the client rather than just getting you know, the lowest price you can, um, that we're giving the client the lowest price you can and keeping a difference yourself, which, of course, is a markdown. So uh, you know, cost transparency is very important. That's one of the reasons back in the early 90s, all of us, I think, came from the commission investment financial planning uh, industry 
But back in 1998, we made the decision to do strictly fiduciary fee-only portfolio management with the fees fully disclosed. You know, we charge a fee for, for management, uh, and then the other, any other costs that, that are involved are, you know, clearly communicated to the client. And, that, and it all come back to us. If there's a transaction fee like $8 to buy a stock, the client pays that, but we don't share in that. We simply are paid by the client to represent the client's best interest. And when we found that is, is a much better way to align our interests with our clients and make sure we're serving them rather than our own compensation needs or our employer's compensation needs. Any other comments on the fiduciary thing? Jonathan, Sonia? No, I mean, sometimes individual bonds are more suitable than funds, but if somebody who's a fiduciary shopping them for you, I think is the key to remember. Yeah, and then, again, bonds have uh, their own, especially in a rising interest rate environment, you know, is, um, is, uh, is a pretty dangerous thing, too. But uh, enough of that as we approach the break. Uh, folks, we'll um, be back uh, with some very, very exciting segments, including our favorite, most entertaining segment of the week, Cousin Fill-in-the-Blank Camarda. Could be Tony, could be Vito, could be Arnold. We'll see who we can get. Stay with the Yukamarta Wealth Leaders as, uh, as we wrap up into the final segments of the show. Uh, and again, if you want to get running out of time uh, for that report, uh, which uh, with today's investment environment could be very, very valuable reading for you, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. And you need to call us in the next 10 minutes to lock in your copy, 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. See you after the break, folks. You're listening to the Camarda Brothers plus the Antler Rob on WER Wealth Education Radio. Better planning, better wealth, better wealth, better life. Tell your friends about the Camarda Wealth Leaders right here Saturdays at noon or Sundays at 2. This show is recorded, but if you have questions to be answered privately or on the air if you wish or want free reports, reviews, or other information, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call us now, folks. All right, we're back with your Commodity Wealth Leaders. Rob, you're going to have to uh, spare us the results of your Kulak analysis with Dr. Michael. Uh, perhaps you can tell us over the break. But now uh, we uh, will continue. And, guys, before you know, forget, we're just about out of time. Uh, we do have a couple of these uh, reports left, the biggest, nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and how to avoid them. If you'd like to secure your copy and with the times ahead, you really might need the information in this fairly extensive educational report. Call us at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. 888-CAMARDA for your free investment education report, the nine biggest dangers facing today's investor and what to do about it. So uh, um, let's get back to um, municipal bonds. You know, As we mentioned earlier, the big danger with bonds really of any kind is what's, uh, what are some of the concerns we have going forward? Certainly got credit risk. Yeah, credit risk. How about the big one? What's the Fed up to? Why is the dollar going up? Interest rate volatility. volatility? That's been slowed uh, down a bit with the economic news. Well, yeah, but yeah, you know, for maybe a couple of months. But I think it's inevitable. We're sitting on top of a 30, 30 year bull market. Bonds started going up circa 1982, early in the Reagan administration. If you look at the chart, the interest rate chart, the bond chart, it's gone straight up. You know, and a lot of people think that's kind of a normal environment, but, you know, that, that's not the case. When interest rates, go up again, and it probably will go up significantly once the economy catches fire and inflation becomes an issue, the value of bonds will plunge. To use this example, this doctor earlier with all the, the municipal bonds at um, the, the, the several hundred thousand dollars, one of the interest, another interesting observation, he isn't aware of this, 
he bought those bonds all at a premium. So what does that mean? We have a bond with a face amount of $20,000 that he paid $22,000 for. So what does that mean, Rob? What's going to happen when it's time for him to cash in? If he, say if he holds in maturity, now what? I don't care if interest rates go up. I know I'll lose my bonds and go down in value. I'll just get my money back when they mature. What will happen? Well, he's going to get back less than what he put He's going to what? He's going to get back less than what he put He's going to get in this example, you know, in this simplified example, he'd get back, you know, something like 9% less than he put in, right? If he's got a $2,000 loss holding the maturity. And every one of his bonds, except for one, every one, and he probably had 30, he paid more than it will mature to. Didn't know. Had no idea. You know, I'm sure a lot of that was markup. You know, in the undisclosed compensation to the broker, uh, but as a, again, as a lot of individual municipal bonds are very comp individual bonds in general, very complicated field uh, for a lot of reasons. Analysis, in many ways, is more complicated than, than stock analysis. But you really got to know what you're doing. And at this point in the cycle, for most investors, it's probably a good time to get out of bonds, tax-free or not and look at other income alternatives that won't be as affected by interest rates uh, going up. Son, you see many you know, with, uh, new clients coming in with bond portfolios? Is that a common? Um, recently, yes, actually. Um, I was looking at um, a statement yesterday, and um, there were probably 20 bond funds right. in, um, in the account. So not necessarily individual bonds, but a lot of bond funds. Yeah, so a lot of the compensation issues, and again, bond funds have their own hair sometimes, and, you know, the uh, um, tax profiles and, and some other stuff. But what was the, how did this person, tell me a little bit more about the client. We have probably about a minute left in the segment. Tell us a little bit more about the about the client. Were they a new client, or were they a client that was giving you some more money from another account, or how did you come to to get the bonds on your, your desk? Well, it's a, it's a potential new client who um, started having concerns about the advisor that they were working with currently, um, didn't really like what they were seeing over the past year or so uh, with how the accounts had been managed and didn't really have an understanding of what they were holding or whether it actually met their Sorry, I fell down. <laughs> Their goals or needs. <laughs> the, uh, the microphone was drooping on you. I'm sorry about that, Sonia. Let's uh, prop that right back up there. Um, so were they kind of surprised to find they had that many bonds in their portfolio, or is that something they kind of knew about? No, they really they had no idea. They didn't understand um, the duration of the bonds. or yeah, The duration um, is how long before they matured, basically, is a way to, to calculate the, the, the interest rate risk. Right. Um, so they were actually very surprised. They thought um, that... They were shocked. Yeah. Now, were these commissionable funds that they had? They were. And was what uh, what sort of advisor are, are they with now? A, a bank or a wirehouse or wirehouse? A wirehouse. And that that tip of the wirehouse is the term for these big stock brokerage firms, and we'll mention their names, you know, so as not to impugn them. But you know who? Well, you know, like Dean Witter, you know, which is no longer in business, uh, or E.F. Hutton. Those those types of firms are Lehman Brothers uh, to a lesser extent, or Bear Stearns. Those are um, the wirehouses that, that are engaged in a lot of different kinds of uh, financial business, including the sale of retail investment products to investors. All right, well, that's, uh, that about wraps up uh, this segment, folks. Stand by for Cousin Ambiguo, Cousin Incognito. Who, what cousin will appear in the radio booth in a minute? Stay with you, Camarda Wealth Education leaders, folks, uh, for a minute to find out who. This is the best segment. You won't want to miss this. 
Kamarna Wealth offers complimentary, that's free, folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements, and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and otherwise we think you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A. 888-CAMARDA to set up your free portfolio review. Call now while it's on your mind, folks. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. The show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down now, 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, Charlie, Alpha, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Delta, Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. Folks, you're back uh, with the Camarda Wealth Advisory Team here on Wealth Education Radio. Without further ado, it is cousin, fill in the blank, cousin, incognito, ambiguo, Johnny himself. What's up, Johnny? Well, first off, of a good Godfather weekend uh, you know, on TNT, TBS, whatever the heck it was on, those, those kind of channels. Uh, we're back here with the uh, with the market update. I'm feeling well. I'm feeling refreshed for the new year. So uh, I could basically spew on forever, but does anyone have any questions on what's going on? Uh, back back from your snowboarding vacation. Yeah, At last. It's only been, what, three months, something like that? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, though. Well, Cousin Vito, uh, you're, you're very, uh, very shrewd with what's going on in the economy. What does some of the economic data... And earnings reports suggest to you so far this year. I hope I'm not distracting you while I, while I invert on my inversion table here. But as the market <laughs> right now is feeling pretty, uh, pretty good. But the economic data has been kind of mixed. We've had industrial like production. Monster. <laughs> please, please. It's hard enough for me to get my voice up like the microphone now. But the industrial production has been down. Uh, you know, housings look pretty good. So we've had a mixed bag on economic data as well as the earnings. So we shall see as we proceed through. Uh, right now, uh, you know, from a sector situation, consumer discretionaries, and technologies, uh, believe it or not, energies. Yes, I said energy uh, has been doing pretty well. Healthcare, uh, I think I'm just going to take the whole skit here. Consumer staples uh, have been doing pretty well. Some of the laggards have been, uh, you know, materials and utilities, which you'd expect, perhaps as Jeff was mentioning earlier, with a rising interest rate environment. What the hell did you just say, Vito? Yeah, so, huh? Exactly. All right. Exactly. I am fully inverted now. Very, I'm getting a head rush. Yeah, this is very, uh, very entertaining. I'm not sure how informative it is, but please, Craig, <laughs> continue. Um, you act, you um, mentioned energy, and that sounds quite intriguing. What's intriguing you at this point? Well, Sonia, I must tell you, I love your shoes. I've never seen them uh, from this angle here. But, yeah, no, actually, no, uh, you know, looking so, at Johnny, what gets you excited about energy today? She, huh? t- she tied her the laces. shoes? She tied her laces today. Congratulations. <laughs> well, anyways, we're looking at financials and energy. Um, oh, wait, a little bit of a head rush. Okay. And financials and energy have kind of intrigued me here. As I'm looking at now, this is right up my alley now, the Fibonacci uh, ratios. Cousin Fibonacci was based upon a Leonardo Fibonacci. He's an Italian 13th century mathematician, and it's a theory of sequential ratio and numbers that we can go on to another show. Oh, absolutely not. I think that was Galeradio. Anyway, let's not even interrupt the way I want to roll here. Anyway, 
way, those key ratios are, uh, well, I won't go into the details because nobody cares, but the financials are actually hitting a, uh, a pretty interesting uh, point here with an ascending <laughs> triangle formation. And if you look at your banks, Goldman Sachs and your Morgan Stanley's, looking very good on the earnings front. Oh, so any wirehouses? Financials. Yeah, I just figured <laughs> I would just throw a little salt in the wound. <laughs> Anyways, we move on to energy, the most beleaguered energy, the, the, the Fredo of sectors here being very weak. Uh, no offense, Fredo. But uh, energy is actually hitting that uh, key Fibonacci ratio, which is the third off of the peak that it hit in August on the rebound. So you got to watch a little bit there. Oh, God, Bob, the God, Bob, I hate to We're running out of time. I've got one more question for you, if you don't mind. As everybody I knows, I don't like your shoes so I've much. I've been beating the global red rotation drum a while now. I'm a good drum beater for foreign stocks. What country or region, in your esteemed opinion, has the real look of a sustained rally? Potentially. It may seem I'm looking through the rearview mirror and actually saying that I did something I didn't. But actually, we've had representation of China uh, you know, since late last year. And the, the FXI, which is the Chinese ETF, Jeff, has looked really good up uh, well over 20% or 30, close to 30%, as you mentioned, for the year. But more importantly, when I look at the last six years on the, uh, on the Chinese uh, index compared to the S&P 500, it has been in a downward trend. And my friends, that trend has been broken. China has now broken a five, six-year downward with trend versus the S&P, and even though there may be a real estate bubble developing, as you know, an economy and a stock market can certainly diverge for long periods of time. Anyway, moving right along, uh, besides that, what I'm looking at is essentially an intriguing picture for the bullishness of U.S. stocks. As Jeff said, they've been lagging this year, but when I look at the 200-day moving averages on the New York Stock Exchange, in August, 80% of them were trading above that level, and then we fell all the way to 30% in the October correction. All right. What we now have is 62% of them trading above the 200 with a lot of room to run to the upside. So if you've been on the sidelines, put your sneakers on like Sonya and lace them high and let it fly. And off he goes. All right, folks, that you have survived yet another hour or so of Commander's Wealth Education Radio. We look forward to you seeing you, hearing you, talking with you, and educating you right here in this space next week. Uh, have a great week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. 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 Goodbye, Vito. Goodbye, Vito. We're still recording, guys. We're still recording. You've invested yet another hour in Camarda Wealth's Education Radio, your one source of sublime insight on all things financial. As Ben Franklin said, pour the coins from your purse into your mind, and your mind will fill your purse with gold. Remember the Camarda Wealth Leader's warm offer of a complimentary review of your investments portfolio. That's a free analysis from the financial team with almost more letters than in the entire alphabet, an offer that makes old Ben smile even now. To get yours before we change our minds, call 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now before we run out. That's it for this week, folks. Go forth and profit! Camarda Financial Advisors, LLC is a Security Exchange Commission registered investment advisor, which is compensated only by portfolio management fees. You may receive a tour ADV on request, which contains important background, conflicts of interest, fee and investment philosophy information, client accounts managed in a third-party custodian on a discretionary basis. Camarda Consultants, LLC is an affiliate providing other services, including the sale of insurance products compensated using traditional commission methods. Jack Camarda is a Florida real estate broker, and Camarda Premier Properties has commission and fee-based transactional and property management business, which may present a conflict of interest. None of these are a law or accounting firm, and listeners should confer with their own legal and accounting advisors before deciding on a specific course of action. Third-party advisor rankings rely on advisor-supplied survey information and are not derived from individual 
limited research. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not be those of advertisers or broadcasters. When discussed, performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Not all performance periods may be discussed, and listeners should request complete performance information before forming opinions. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Securities discussed on this program may be owned or traded by firm agents and principals, in firm portfolios, in firm client accounts, and listeners should presume that hosts have conflicts of interest with regard to discussed securities. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or investment manager's fees, the presence of which would reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Backtesting involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data, of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Backtested performance results do not reflect actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Backtested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material, market, or economic conditions, or factors that may influence the advisor's decision-making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Backtested returns should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client or the advisor. For information on additional date ranges for portfolios discussed on the program, please contact the host. Portfolio performance benchmarks are generally industry-standard indexes, but vary depending on the portfolio discussed. For more information, contact the host.